0: Welcome into to another great edition of Strong Style, our weekly MMA, combat sports, and pro wrestling show right here at Impact Media. That makes me, Jeremy, the Impact York. That makes you my amazing listening audience. Whether on purpose or accidental, you found this show. Welcome. Welcome in. There is a lot to get to. There's a lot to get to. A ton of stuff happened between AEW. uh, You know, Impact Wrestling had Victory Road, we're going to talk about. Ring of Honor is really pushing the Pure Division. UFC and Bellator had events. UFC has an event coming this weekend. But first, let's start where you guys want to start, right? Let's start with the WWE. Now, As we talk about Raw, we'll start with Monday Night Raw. As we talk about Raw, I already told you last week that Big E uh, cashed in his money in the bank on Monday. It's because we did the show late in the week, and uh, he had already cashed, and I wanted to see it, and I get to see it Monday. Uh, It was fantastic. He cashed in. He is now the Raw heavyweight champ. Cashing in of Lashley after Lashley had just had a match with Drew McIntyre. Um so congratulations to Biggie once again. But now this brings up a question. And that question is When is Lashley's rematch? Because he's entitled to it and and, you know, this time he's gonna be fresh, this time. Big E's going to be fresh as well. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. On top of, to me, you've got to square that away first. Now, a lot of times WWE will push it off and the champ gets a rematch later on down the road or or the way other things happen, you know, things like that. I think it should be relatively soon. There's probably a pay-per-view coming up. It would make a lot of sense. Uh, What, extreme rules? Uh, I don't know that I want to see those two extreme rules. They'll probably do it anyway. These two don't need weapons. They just need to straight up wrestle, and it'll be just a fantastic show. But, you know, once we, I think he's going to defeat Lashley. I don't think he should be a one-and-done champ like that in no time, you know. Um, Lashley, I mean, you know, there's, there is that small chance that that Lashley could win it back, but I don't think he will. But, so, if Big E and if and when he gets past Lashley, then who up, who next? Um, you would think it it needs to be a heel. So, Drew McIntyre is out. I, I can see down the road him getting a shot, but it makes no sense for him to do it right now. With Big E being a face. And I really want to see him evolve and maybe his character move just a little bit. Uh, Sheamus. I think Sheamus is the obvious choice here. Big E versus Sheamus could be really good. These two guys who, it's going to be like Roman Brock. They're just going to beat the crap out of each other. And I look forward to it. It's just a big match. So, you know, give, give us the Big E... Title defense against Lashley. It just needs to be one. It doesn't need to be 14 like every other time. It'd be the one. Uh, Lashley and MVP moving towards the tag thing for a second. That's fine because, hey, Lashley can come full circle. And after a bunch of other contenders, he can always come back and take on Biggie at that time later on down the road as well. Kind of earn his shot back. But I like the, the tag team dynamic of, of him and MVP. So uh, let's go that direction. Uh, Charlotte versus Alexa. Obviously. Without without being detrimental skill-wise, we know Charlotte one of the best ever. Alexa very 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 exceptional at what she does. She's a very good athlete. She's got good wrestling skills. Uh, the current incarnation of her of her character is phenomenal. Uh, with the uh, with the doll and, and everything, I, I think it's great. I believe they started making these dolls where you can buy them now. I, I, what a just exceptional marketing uh, campaign there! Uh, Alexa doing the darker thing. I mean, it's like this. Alexa has started doing such good things. They're having so much fun writing for her in this dark, weird, twisted, sci-fi way. But they got rid of Bray Wyatt. They got rid of Bray Wyatt and his entire character and everything. Partially because they passed it on to Alexa and Alexa's doing a fantastic job with it. And they had kind of painted him into a corner where there's not a lot that he could. they could actually do with him. It's... It's their fault. They caused themselves to have to release one of the better people they have, and as he goes to another company and, and does exceptional things, we'll see that. But back to Charlotte and Alexa. As I've said before, they have to be nice to Charlotte. Not super nice, because I mean, at some point they just go whatever. But they're trying to be super nice because they don't want Charlotte to be the next one to leave and, and jump over to AEW or or where AEW is where she'd go. Let's let's be honest. Um, so they've made her the champ. They're, they let her beat people like Shayna. She's, Shayna's pretty, pretty dang good. They let her beat Nia. Naya. Nia's okay. But now this thing with Alexa. And, uh, it's gonna be a lot more out of the ring shenanigan type stuff. Which is fine. Because I don't have to have 14 matches to build a pay-per-view main event. I don't. I don't need all these matches when they could just have interview segments and have weird things, you know, the lights flicker and things like that. You could build suspense and momentum and build a story. Now have it's 55 matches in a month. So I think the way that, that's the way they're going to do Charlotte. Charlotte's going to have a match, Alexa's going to make an appearance and do some uh little shenanigans here or there. And sometimes Charlotte is going to get the upper hand and sometimes Alexa's going to get the upper hand. I like that Alexa had a Charlotte doll that looked a lot like her. Uh, what is it, Lily? I can't, Lily, I think. I like that twist on it because it set Charlotte off, but also that light and dark side of Alexa. That's that's fantastic. And and this is the by far this is probably my favorite thing on Raw right now is uh, Charlotte Alexa. Uh, the Big E cash probably number two. Um, and then the other thing I want to talk about from Raw is Damian Priest with the U.S. title uh, versus Sheamus. Now, you know, as I said, Big E would, uh, the natural progression after getting through last would be Sheamus, which is fine. The only problem with that is Sheamus would have to lose or to not win the title from Priest, which is already going to probably happen. They love Damian Priest, and, and that kid's going to really be a star. Uh, sooner rather than later. We talked about that on here. But if Sheamus has the big loss, he's going to have to win some sort of four- or five-man weird shenanigan match, weird stipulation match, a a fatal five-way or or elimination or gauntlet or whatever crap they come up with uh, for him to be the number one contender. I think it's just draw it out of a hat. Just not waste time and not beat each other up so much. Just draw out of a dang app. But uh, Priest and, and Sheamus is really good. Seamus she- uh, can be uh, very stiff and very brutal with Priest and kind of warm him up for, for the big light because the big light's coming. But for now, uh, they have strapped the rocket to Priest. After getting through Morrison, after getting through Miz, who is now on Dancing with the Stars, which is uh, just fantastic. Uh, I enjoy watching Priest, and and Priest versus Sheamus. Sheamus is a fantastic worker. He does some great things. Uh, It's probably my my next favorite thing on Raw. Those are my three big things right now. Let's go to NXT 2.0. What's NXT 2.0, you said? Well, it's NXT with a fancy, bright, confetti-looking screen logo thing. Yeah, they talked about big changes and all these things like that. Um, biggest change I saw was just they have a slightly different logo, and it is a little brighter where, where the normal NXT was a little darker. It's a little brighter light-wise, but, uh, you know, here's what it is. Uh, we, we start off the night knowing that uh, the other day Samoa Joe had to relinquish the NXT title because of an injury. I do not know the injury. I, from everything I gathered, this is not a work. This is not a uh, just had to get the title off of Cross so we can move it to someone else and uh, make it look legitimate, uh, which makes no sense because who wins it could beat Cross, But uh, Joe relinquished it. And uh, that set up a fatal four-way that we will get into here in a second, which was it was interesting and entertaining because there was a certain thing that played out, and what played out had shades of old M- impact wrestling, LTNA put it in a good way. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, let's talk about the debut of Braun Breaker. B R O N. Short for Bronson. Breaker. Braun Breaker, otherwise known as Bronson Recksteiner, Son of Rick Steiner. His uncle is Scott Steiner. This kid, I covered him at KSU where he was a running back and a linebacker. He is a physical specimen if there ever was one, but he made his debut in a singlet that looked oddly enough like his dad's back in the day, kind of uh, that fun light-colored confetti design I thought was really cool. He debuted against L.A. Knight, who is a great worker, a great mechanic, remember mechanic meaning uh, helps his opponent look really good while also looking good himself. That's how good L.A. Knight is. And Braun actually gets the win over L.A. Knight, which was a little bit of an omen for later. And we'll get to that. But congratulations to Braun. He looked pretty good. Um, He's been in the business a little bit longer than you think. A lot of people said, oh, well, uh, you know, he just graduated uh, in the spring. Or, no, he graduated He graduated. last year, went to the NFL a little bit, was a pullback with Baltimore during the preseason before getting cut on the final cut, and uh, then went into the family business. So you think, oh, okay, he's got a year or less, and no, contrary, my friend. It's not that big of a secret. It's not really much of a secret that Bronson or Braun, we'll call him Braun. That Braun has been in the family business for many years. I would say closer to three, four, five years. He was yes, he was he's probably been wrestling since high school. I know he amateur wrestled, probably been pro wrestling since high school. Um, but yeah, he in a way, I think a couple of releases had to do with his signing back in, I believe, this spring. Uh, I think Braun Strowman, the one they have similar names. I believe Mojo Rawley, because he has a Mojo... uh, you know, hype-up, life-of-the-party vibe to him. I mean, he doesn't come out like Mojo did that way, but, you know, Mojo walks into a room and it just looks like he's ready to just, you know, pump you up and, and cheer you up and things like that. And, uh... You know, just big, big, powerful kid. Uh, And they think pretty highly of him. He gave a good handshake to the eventual champ later on tonight at the end of the show. We'll talk about that. But first, uh, LDF, now we know who the lady who has been accompanying them out is. That is Electra Lopez. She has got a little thing going with B-Fab from Hit Row. I like that these two factions are feuding a little bit. They're a little mismatched as far as size, but in ability, holy crap, how how much talent is going to be in the ring. It's going to eventually lead to probably an eight-person tag or or some sort of thing that way. But with most factions, you don't get to see women versus women, so... So in this case,
1: you'll actually get to see that. Uh Ridge Holland
0: took on um, took on Drake Maverick. It's good that Drake is uh still around doing some stuff. You know, he had an appearance on Raw the other week as well. Uh but Ridge Holland Completely massacred him. Him and Pete Dunne, if they kind of team up in the in the, the kind of London Street Brawlers type way, I like them. They didn't need only Lorkin and they didn't need Danny Birch. That's that's why they split from them. Uh, but Ridge really really took Drake out. I don't know what Ridge is going to do when Pete goes for a world world championship like he should. Maybe they'll start going to tag division. Eh, it could be something. Then we got the NXT Championship match. Here were the four people vying for that title. Uh, originally, it was Pete Dunne. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Makes a lot of sense. Former NXT champ. There, LA Knight up-and-comer, they really think, really highly. This was the second match of the night. Remember I mentioned that, that something was coming up? And it was supposed to be Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle was attacked by Pete Dunn and Rich Holland in the back. Supposedly he was too injured to wrestle. That tells me he had a pre-existing injury and they had to find a way to work him out of it anyway. And so, the person who came and rescued him, or ran them off in the back was uh, Vaughn Wagner. He was a big, tall, uh, good-looking kid. And uh, this was this reminded me of back in the TNA days. There were times when uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jerry Jarrett were running TNA. And they were, you know, it would get time for the pay-per-view to start. And one of the people in, in a big multi-man main event would no-show, or would not be there. Maybe they missed a the fight, Maybe, I mean, all kinds of reasons. A lot of times they just no-showed. But they did that, and they're like, well, we got to have somebody else in these matches. Who do we put in? Well, the answer, it started about every third time, and then every other time, and then after a while, it was just every time. Every time you needed somebody to fill in anywhere on the card, especially in the main event, it was Eric Young. And it's because they saw how hard Eric worked. We see where Eric is now. Big time draw, big time main eventer. But back then, he was just the third or fourth guy in Team Canada and things like that. They give him the opportunity, and he shines. Even though he knows he's not going to win these matches, he goes out there and puts on the best show he ever can. Everything he can possibly do. And then he got his chance, and he bloomed from there. So the fact they like Von Wagner this much to put him in a title match on, I'm pretty sure his debut match, I've never seen him before. He did quite well. He did quite well. Um, L.A. Knight got just smash busted open at some point where the referee actually had to, like, wipe his forehead down and everything and try to stop the bleeding enough for the finish of the match. Uh, Pete Dunne had a great showing, Van, Von Wagner did, like I said, L.A. Knight did, but the Knight belonged to Tommaso Ciampa, He was your new NXT champion. He he did uh, all his, his great things, you know, he's, he's champ again, and like I said, could Tommaso beat Karrion Cross? Yeah, he could. I would have liked to see that match, but I don't think they necessarily wanted that to happen yet. It could happen somewhere down the road. They want to do something different. And then the Joe injury happened. Those things happen. But uh, Tommaso at the end is walking through the back. Braun Breaker is watching on the monitor and they look at each other. They shake each other's hand. And Braun continues to stare at the title. He's going to be a little ways off from getting a title shot. I hope. But Moving forward, Champa as the champ, I mean, you got to think, he could take on L.A. Knight, he could take on Pete Dunne, he could even take on Von Wagner again. Anybody from that match, on top of, the, now you can cycle through people again. And when Joe comes back, have him face somebody. You tell me Samoa Joe, Tommaso Champa is not a main event, it's a borderline WrestleMania main event. Just incredible. And then it ended with the index wedding that was Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. There was some funny little moments here and there. Really, there was no big interruption. Usually wrestling weddings never go well. This one went pretty good. And then you move on down the road. SmackDown. Finish up WWE with SmackDown. Uh, The Usos took on Finn Balor and Big E. I'm real sure why Big E was back on SmackDown. I think he was just saying hello to people. Assuming everybody was a champ. And to get in Roman Reigns' face, that was kind of funny. But um, Balor and Big E actually beat the Usos. Talent-wise, they should, even though the Usos are a better team. Uh, I'm not sure what this means. So I don't know if they're going to be tag champs down the road, because that would be weird that the Raw heavyweight champ is the tag champ on SmackDown. But, hey, WWE gets bored and does that sometimes. Um, Kevin Owens supposed to take on Baron Corbin. And or uh, whatever he's calling himself now, Corbin. And Corbin attacks him before the match. There's never a match. He just decimates him, and this is going to set up a match somewhere down the road. I don't know why they didn't have the match? But um, I like those two guys and two people to keep your eye on. I'm going to mention another one later. I'm going to tell me tell you both of them now. But two of them to keep an eye on in the next month months or so. I'm not sure how long their contracts are, but I feel like. They're going to leave. When their contract's up, I don't think they're going to renew. I think they're going to leave, and uh, my guess is actually possibly Ring of Honor on both. Uh, And that's Kevin Owens. I, I see Kevin Owens. Him and AEW, I don't know if it's a great mix. Um, New Japan, that's a little far to go. Kevin likes to stay closer to home in Canada. The other guy does too. I could see them, uh, maybe impact wrestling because of the, you know, swapping of the talents here and there. I could see that. But, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they're also best friends in real life. They're best friends. They come up together. They've always traveled together. They got signed together. Um, I think one got signed than the other, but both of them, the way their stories are playing out and everything like that, I just feel like Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn are gonna leave sooner rather than later. So let's just keep an eye on that. We'll we'll be on uh, KO Sammy watch. Um. Uh, Rollins came out and had a a good little video package and and talked about uh, the things, you know, putting Edge out and things like that. They had a backstage segment with his amazing baby mama wife, uh, Becky Lynch, who said some things in the back. Then we had Zelina Vega and Carmella, who have kind of partnered up now, who took on Tony Storm, who hasn't been around much, but is finally there. And is a phenomenal wrestler. One of my favorites. To this coming from NXT like that. And Liv Morgan. He's a good talent. Uh, this one ended weird. It looked like Carmella got kicked in the face. It looked like they were making fun of an NXT storyline that happened a couple weeks ago with Mandy Rose. Which is why it made just that much more bizarre sense. But uh, Tony Storm and Liv Morgan win by count out when Carmela is helped by Zelina to the back and she's holding her face and her nose, kind of find out the she didn't get hit that hard and she's fine. And then at the end, they, uh, they did this, this cool thing where Bianca Belair was back in her hometown of, uh, hometown of Tennessee. It was a Tennessee thing. Uh, Mayor Kane come out and gave her the key to the city, which I thought was really cool. And uh, then Becky Lynch come out and said a few words. I understand Bianca's stick and and kind of where she's coming from on on her gimmick and side of things. There, it didn't mix. Becky was saying the things that she needed to say, and Bianca was just had the most goofy responses to it and it just wasn't meshing the sooner they can get through this these two facing off one more time the better no matter who wins it you you just got to move a different direction there it's it's oil and water when the two of them are working together and it's it's okay let's move to aew aew cm punk's ovation was was uh off the charts one that was pretty close how about the debut of adam cole baby He took on Frankie Kazarian. This is a really good match. Frankie is a master mechanic. But uh, Adam Cole did some fantastic things. The crowd ate it up. They love this guy. Um, Somewhere down the road, I could see him taking over Bullet Club. It's a ways down the way. Um, You got to do something with Omega first. But... Uh, You had Cody and uh, Malachi Black, who fought all over the arena for a few minutes. It's going to eventually be some sort of, they've already had a dog collar, so it's some sort of brutal match between the two of them before this is over. Uh, But it's going to be a good feud. It's a good way to warm the audience on Malachi Black, who is a phenomenal talent. And also, to remind everybody how good Cody Rhodes is, and that uh, he's so good he doesn't have to always be in the limelight. He doesn't always have to have a championship. He could just have a good quality feud like his dad was known for. Uh, Dan Lambert and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky were in the ring, and they were joined by Andre Arlovsky, Page Van Zant, Austin Vanderford, Kayla Harrison, and uh, Junior Dos Santos, who are all American Top Team fighters, where Dan Lambert uh, he owns American Top Team. They have a couple places, but their their main ones in in uh, one of the beach towns in Florida. There, but he comes out and he's running his mouth again and running his mouth again, and and uh, this time the people who answered the call are Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Now. I just have to say this. When non-wrestlers are on a pro wrestling stage or the ring, you know, they're, they're, they're on a pro wrestling show, right? Uh, this goes for Trey Young. I really like Trey Young and the Hawks and the things they do. But he did the same thing a couple weeks ago when he was on SmackDown. Um, you have to remember, this is not a real fight. Not fake either. It's not a real fight, and you have to play up what's going on, and and not look ridiculous. In fact, well, you got to look more ridiculous than you think because that's usually entertaining. The more real you try to look, sometimes it doesn't come off right. And I say that, like I said, um, there was a couple members of those of those fighters I just mentioned that, as Dan Lambert was trying to get Jericho who was fantastic on the mic, and Jake Hager to come down there and fight them. Terrico goes, this would be totally asinine of us because there's about 14 of you and two of us, and most of them are world championship fighters. Uh, Well, then you look in the ring, and and as some of the fighters, um, I'm just going to kind of call them out. Uh, Junior Dos Santos is at least kind of, kind of, you know, kind of moving his head back and forth. You can't see because this is a podcast. Uh, moving his head back and forth like, all right, come on. Come on, man. He, come on. Come on down. Okay. No problem there. Andre Orlovsky looks like uh, he's trying to hold the ropes up. He's, he's uh, in one corner leaning on him uh, as hard as he is. And And some simple 30-second coaching up could have solved all of this, but they decided it was more important than Dan Lambert. Uh, uh, an MMA guy, and he's done a similar thing where he invades and does things. He did a similar thing with Bobby Lassie, who is an American top team member as well. He joined up with him in Impact Wrestling a couple years ago to uh, take on some other people, and I, I don't get this storyline. But either way, uh, let's see. Orlovsky. Uh, Paige. Paige Van Zandt. She was doing okay. She had a big grin on her face, and, and she was just... Uh, you know, kind of grabbing the ropes, pushing on the ropes, like uh come on down, but anyway, long story short, like I said, uh Vanderfert, he was doing a good job because because uh he was staying more reserved and you can yell all you want, but he wasn't trying to like buck up the people who are over a hundred feet or better from you, and you have them outnumbered. Like I said, Van Zant was doing a good job, Paige was Kayla was the Kayla Harrison. I She was like flexing and yelling and he was like, What what are you doing? What are you doing? It, it Kayla, you're better than that. Come on. Anyway, it all come down to uh what's funny is that Jericho who can handle himself on a mic and a ring Uh, Was doing a great job. And like I said, he's backed up by Jake Hager. Jake Hager is an all-American collegiate wrestler. Jake Hager, many years inside a wrestling ring, including including some, some championships, including a heavyweight championship. Jake Hager, who is undefeated and fights in Bellator MMA. He knows some of those guys. He probably knows all those guys. And, yeah, just got to do better it it was a uh... my apologies there as as we had to tackle a uh i don't know some something flew in here and was uh was trying to attack the board but uh anyway like i said uh, it was just it was just a waste of a Waste of a segment. It wastes a lot of time because we don't know what Dan Lambert, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky are going to actually do. I'm not sure they know what they're going to do. But anyway, uh, Darby Allen had a great match with Sean Spears. Sean is is uh, a really good uh, a really good wrestler. Uh, Darby has has really grown on me a good bit. I like his style because it's different. Uh, he, he does his own thing. And uh, that's what makes him great. Yeah, the Omega versus Danielson kind of face-off. If that's going to be Omega's next opponent. And the only problem I have, I, I would love to see this matchup. This is a dream matchup. The only thing I don't like about this is that once again, once again, you are going to get a brand new person to a company come in and immediately be in the title picture no warm-up match no nothing it's it i don't like it don't like it at all uh, i think i think he could have done a lot better uh, and i understand hey he comes in you what do you do with him I, I let him have a few little short feuds before i put him against omega but either way i, I look forward to it it's going to be good i don't think he'll beat Kenny Omega. It'd be kind of weird for him to come out of nowhere and do that. But, hey, weird things have happened. Uh, and then that left us with uh, Moxley and Kingston took on 2.0, otherwise formerly known as Ever-Rise. Uh, of course, they like the floor with those guys. Now, they're really good workers, 2.0 is, but... At the same time, at the same time, uh, Moxley and, and Kingston could have took them out by themselves. They're a really good duo. They're kind of like the Lucha Brothers, but I'm not sure what they're really doing with that. So, it, uh, I think for now, until Moxley gets a lot of his New Japan dates squared away, this this is their way of still using him on a big scale and and being able to feature. Uh, Eddie Kingston at the same time, without putting them into a, uh, a big feud somewhere. Let's start with AEW Rampage. They had two, uh, a couple phenomenal matches on here. Uh, actually, three. That uh, Rampage I love because you get two or three just great quality matches almost every week. We opened up with Butcher and the Blade versus the Lucha Brothers for the Tag Team Championships. This was great. The Butcher and the Blade are so underrated. Uh, the Lucha Brothers are underrated even as the champs. They are fantastic and great. Uh, of course, they retain. The The interesting thing was, at one point, they put uh, Penta El Zero Meadow, Miedo, Miedo, They tie his mask to the to the ring rope where he's stuck there and he comes to help. He the way he finds a way loose is not to untie himself, which he can't figure out how to do. He basically covers his face, rips rips himself off or away from his own mask, which, you know, normally don't unmask like that. But uh, he did it to to save his brother. He did that and was able to secure the victory. And then they all got attacked. He kept covering his face. He was eventually able to uh, get his mask free and put his mask back on. But uh, I thought that was a fantastic writing and fantastic booking there. Lucha Brothers Retained. Anna Jay, along with her friend Ty Conti of the Dark Order, or what's left of it. They might be the strongest part of the Dark Order. Uh, but Anna Jay took on uh, the Bunny. They've had some animosity for uh, for a couple weeks now with Penelope Cruz at ringside. Uh, Anna Jay gets a, a very good victory, a, uh, a well-done victory. Heard the bunny. Uh, seemed to have some animosity, but there was some, some really, really brutal shots between the two of them. And then, of course, all four of them kind of, kind of uh, scrap and scrounge at the end. But a uh, big win, Anna Jay, on that one. Uh, Dr Brett Baker DMD the champ had another Ruby Soho run in once again if we get a brand new person jump in and, and take a title it, it erases what you've done to this point and I, I don't like that so I hope that I mean I like I like Soho Soho is great she's a great talent that was not used right in WWE but hey they can't use everybody let me let me defend them on that. If you have five five-star people and you have three roster spots for that, what do you do with the other two? And so at least they cut her loose where she could go do something somewhere else. She could have stayed in limbo all this time. Uh, that being said, what was uh, the main event was Fuego Del Sol versus Miro for the TNT Championship. Of course, Miro won, but... Man. Fuego Del Sol, he did some fantastic things. Him and Miro work pretty good together. In the end, Miro retains. As I said, it was it was just it was really, really well done. Uh, let's talk about Victory Road. I'm not going to talk about Impact Wrestling last week. Let's just talk about the Victory Road results, and where I think things are going from there. In the opening match, they had Macklin take on P. D. Williams and TJP. Well, P. D. Williams and TJP are feuding with each other. They needed Macklin to uh, get a good, clean victory over a couple people. They can continue, you know, P. D. and TJP will continue going at each other, and uh, Macklin will be on to bigger and better things. They like Macklin. You can tell they are uh, doing a slow build on him, because He's kinda of like Morrissey, he's a big bruiser type, but uh he can wrestle pretty good. So we'll uh we'll see. They're kinda of starting to get a little backloaded with the big guys. So we'll see what they do for uh you know moving forward. Uh, yeah, Laredo Kidd and John Schuyler, uh They've kind of had a thing going here here lately, but uh, it was Laredo Kid, it was John Skyler, it was Trey Miguel, it was Jake something, and Black Taru, which, remember, originally that would have been the Sammy Guevara spot, but uh, it is it is not. It Black Taru instead. Uh, Laredo Kid won this. Him and John Skyler, I think, continue to feud. Uh, Trey Miguel, they're... You're just all trying to use people. They have these multi-man matches all the time. Uh, good showing by everybody. It was a pretty pretty solid match. Uh, like I said, Laredo Kid's going to be doing some uh, big things down the road, so look forward to that. Uh, Taylor Wilde defeated Tennille Dashwood. It was all right. I don't know. Those two both have weird brash styles, and it's... It was okay in this one. It didn't work as well as, as I think it should. Matt Cardona beat Rohit Raju. Always a good match. Rohit's a great worker. Cardona's a great worker. This worked. Uh, otherwise known as Bullet Club Impact Wrestling version. Uh, Chris Bay and uh, Hikaleo, or Haku's a, one of Haku's other sons. Not named Tama Tonga or Tonga Loa. Uh, they defeated Finn Juice. Basically they've taken over the, the Jay White role of of uh taking on Finn juice. Kinda weird the Finn Juice would job out to them, but they're building the, the bullet clip thing I guess.
1: Uh Moose and Morrissey,
0: once again I don't know why we're putting those two together. But uh Moose and Morrissey defeated Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards. Rosemary and Havoc defended their tag team championships against Tasha Steels and uh, Savannah, and, of course, Rosemary and Havoc win. They, they've they got to put a team together to rival them because really outside of these two, there's not another team. There's not really one out there. So uh, they, hopefully, maybe they bring one in. There's some out there. The Good Brothers defended their tag team championships against Rich Swann and Willie Mack. These all make sense. Josh Alexander had a fantastic uh, four-star classic with Chris Saban. Josh Alexander keeps his X Division title. That moved us to the main event where Christian defended the heavyweight champion, the Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against Ace Austin. Ace is, is a good up-and-comer. But uh he wasn't quite ready for the big time here. Christian retains and then is confronted by Josh Alexander who gets on a mic and uh, says he is wanting to says he is wanting to uh exercise option c. For people who don't know what option C is, something started by Austin Aries many, many years ago. He presented the idea to Hulk Hogan, who was the uh, GM at the time. Is that one time a year, usually for bound for glory is when you have to declare it, which is the next pay-per-view for them. If you are the reigning, defending, undisputed X Division champion, you can uh, forego that championship basically cash it in as a kind of like a money in the bank shot. You cash it in against the reigning, defended, undisputed impact wrestling heavyweight champion, in this case, Christian. So we're going to get Christian defending against Josh Alexander at bound for glory coming up in about a month, about three or four weeks. I can't wait. That's, that's going to be really good. Those styles are going to mix. They're going to be really good and option C, if I'm the exhibition champion, I'll see automatically. Uh, I'm glad they're bringing that back. That was a uh, that was a fun thing that Austin Aries come up with and or that he used, and he become champ. It's it's usually a pretty good precursor to you moving up into uh, the heavyweight division. That brings us to fighting. Let's start. start with Bellator, right? Let's start with Bellator. Uh, main card, Ben Parrish with the TKO win of Christian Edwards. Not many people picked Ben Parrish. I'll be honest, I didn't pick him. Should have, because he won. Uh, Saul Rogers with the decision win over Georgie... In on. This was split. It was like a 50-50 on the fan vote, but uh, Saul Rogers with a good decision win. Uh, Deanna Bennett with the decision win over Alejandro Lara. This was good. Nobody, Not many people had Bennett. Um, I don't remember. I think I picked Lara. But a uh, good win for Deanna moving forward. Probably moment of the night, in my opinion. Mark Leminger took on Neiman Gracie. Neiman Gracie is a Gracie. Gracies are known for submissions and fantastic submissions. Neiman has been on a little bit of a skid lately where even his wins weren't dynamic. People were kind of wondering uh, what was going to happen, what what he could he could mold himself into. Well, not only has he he, has he changed up his game, and uh, at one point he had Leminger on the ropes and decided, you know what, I'm going to try to shoot and take him down. And about halfway through trying to do that, he realized, nope, I'm going to I'm win with the hands. And Damon Gracie gets his first ever TKO victory with his hands against Mark Leminger. It was a fantastic moment. He proved to everybody he's not just a submission guy and uh great win for him. Just a great, phenomenal win. And then Phil Davis took on Yoel Romero. I, I kind of, somebody threw this thought out there, and I'm not making excuses, and I don't want to make an excuse. But Yoel Romero is known for five-round fights, and it did seem like uh, right at the end of the third like, he was expecting two more rounds, and, and then there wasn't. So, I, I don't know if he thought it was a five-round fight, but it wasn't. Yoel, well, it, it was, uh, I think he looked good. He used to look good, but uh, Phil Davis with a good decision win, he, he won the fight, no doubt. No doubt at all. Uh, next Bellator event, though, is Bellator 267. It is Lima versus MVP2, Michael Venom Page. That is going to be in the U.K. at Wembley, October the 1st. That is next Friday, not this Friday. So be fun to, to check that out. Let's go to...
1: Let's go to. Let's see.
0: You know, let's go to Fight Night. Let's go to UFC Fight Night, right? Fight Night. Uh, Anthony Smith with the uh, the great rear naked choke on Ryan Span. Uh, Looks like all that experience actually mattered. Great win for Anthony. Uh, I think band's going to be okay. He can have another fight and then bounce back up where he is. Um, Ariane Lipsky with a big win over Mandy Bohm by decision. Ion Kudalaba with a decision win over Devin Clark. Some of the other notables here. Some of the other notables... Joaquin Buckley with another fantastic KO win over Antonio Arroyo. Joaquin Buckley, man. Just, just look at his highlight reel. It's uh it's uh pretty pretty wicked sick there. Raquel Pennington with the unanimous decision win over Penny Kienzad. Good to see Raquel Pennington back in the winner's circle. Um let's see, there was Oh, there it is. All right. Shout out to Aaron Blanchfield with unanimous decision win over Sarah Alpar. Sarah was the one who started the GoFundMe uh, to help pay some of her training costs. Uh, she said she is she's not done. She's going to keep doing this, and and uh, she appreciated the support and everything. Uh, congratulations to Sarah. Let's get that going first. Congratulations. She won the fight. She and not just because they declared her the winner. No, she did everything she could to get the victory, and she got the victory. Uh, as far as Sarah Alpar is concerned, hey, keep fighting the good fight, Sarah. Uh, I told you that. Uh, everybody else is telling, telling you that. Everybody is still rallying behind you. And uh, we look forward to, to things from Sarah and Aaron because both of these uh, flyweight contenders in the women's division, man, they are, they are going to go get it. And uh, I'm glad that I'm not the person that they're chasing there But, hey, keep fighting, right? Keep fighting. UFC 266 is this Saturday. It is headlined for the main event featherweight title, Alexander Volkanovsky at 22-1. It's taking on 15-1 Brian Ortega. Looking at the odds, it's about to pick them at this point. That is uh, that is crazy. Uh, it is also headlined, co- Co-headlined by the women's flyweight title fight between champion Valentina the Bullet Shevchenko at twenty-one and three versus the fifteen and four surging Lauren Murphy. Now the odds are heavily in Valentina's favor. If you're Valentina, there's probably not a more complete fighter of all around skills and dominance in those skills than Valentina. Now a lot of people would say, well what about what about Amanda Nunes? Amanda's stand up is good. It's not as good and solid as it is not as solid as Valentina. And that's, you know, that's no disrespect to Amanda, but it's it's not as solid as Valentina's. Uh, but if you're Lauren Murphy, because a lot of people say, "Oh, that body thinks Bullet's going to win." Bullet, 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 bullet. Well, keep this in mind. If I'm Lauren Murphy, is my stand-up as good as Valentina Shevchenko? No. There is an advantage that I think Murphy has. And that is that if Lauren can get Valentina to the ground, I think Lauren can take advantage. She can try to, uh, to go for a submission. She can try the ground and pound. She can just try to wear her out. And that would be the strategy I would go for. Now, Chefchenko is going to know that's what you're trying to do. But that's what I would try to do. I, I would 100% try to get her off her feet and take my chances. Third match on this card. This is like the Co Co main event. Twenty-six and nine versus twenty-eight and fifteen. That's Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. This is I believe the second time they face. I think Nick won the first one. These two are it's gonna be old school slobber knocker last man standing. It's gonna be just exceptional. Match four on this, right? This is the main card. How about in the heavyweight division, Curtis Blades versus Giorgino Rosenstruck? That's—I mean—that's a main event on its own. Or the fifth match. These—these these are all. This is the last of the of the main card right here. How About Jessica Andrade versus Cynthia Calvillo in the women's flyweight division. These are five main events that are all in the main card. And then the main event of the the main event of the sub main or, or however you want to call it uh, the, the opening card. How about Marlon Marais versus Murad Devashili? Once again, that's main event quality. You get Dan Hooker against uh, Nasirat Hapsoris. Chris Dawkins against Shamil Abdurkrimov. It's just every time you look up and down, they loaded this card up. I'll tell you right now, don't sleep on Nick Maximov versus Carl Robertson early in the card. Do not sleep on that. Those two guys are going to are uh, going to get after it. Uh, that's in the middleweight division. Uh, Matthew Selmasberger. We saw earlier, or earlier in the year, I believe, against Martin or Martin Sano in the welterweight. Just you look up and down this car This this is just a phenomenal card. UFC is going to put together a fantastic event again, and I mean. How much more could they possibly put together? Them and Bellator have just been knocking it out of the park. Raw, SmackDown, NXT knocked it out for WWE uh, between Rampage and regular AEW, Impact Wrestling. If you are a combat sports, pro wrestling, or MMA fan, it's just been a fantastic year and a half, two years. Everybody has just knocked it out of the park. Absolutely knocked it out of the park. But. Somebody who's about to leave the park. That's me. Shout out to all you guys for the amazing support. Um, I'm going to go try to catch this bug that is terrorizing everybody in this building. But I'm Jeremy the Impact Yorg. Thanks for listening to another great edition of Strong Style. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting.